0: Dan Davis here, Golden Guy number three for Golden Guys, Iowa. Today is opposite day here on Golden Guys. Due to some technical difficulties, the pop culture happy hour portion of the show came out sounding a little rough. So you get to eat your dessert first. Also a shout out to new fan and friend of the show, Jake at Northwest Missouri State University. He managed to binge listen our entire back catalog in between us posting episodes 28 and 29 and uh here we go with episode 30 are we going to talk
1: about the episode now
2: i think we
3: the episode
2: the episode okay
3: i was just gonna read labor notes no welcome
2: back
4: uh
3: (laughs) gonna read it for the listeners.
4: this is not a political podcast (laughs) this is true
3: yeah
4: Okay. Episode synopsis. Uh, who wants to go first?
2: November 8th, 1986 is when this episode aired. Uh, of course Terry Hughes is the director. It goes without saying he's directed almost every show after this. Uh, and I think I said before I'd only mention his name if he wasn't the director. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, this episode opens up. Uh, who wants to set the stage for us?
3: Uh...
2: Not me. <clears throat> I mean I'll just put Sorry it out about. there. Uh, if if nobody else is gonna say it, Ma's sitting on the couch watching porn.
1: Yeah, just yeah, right in the living probably. room. But also Dorothy's friend comes to visit and she's a lesbian.
4: Yeah, which is the more important part yeah. of the story. There's your A plot B. But there's plot. a there's
2: a setup for that. There's a setup for that. I mean and the Ma watching porn bit is, is drawn out a little bit.
1: It is. I thought we were given a little a brief synopsis before we.
2: It was actually a Steven Spielberg movie that she tried to pass it off Steven as. Steven
3: Spielberger movie. Steven Spielberger, that's right. That's Which could be a porn
4: director, I
3: suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like. You think it'd be like Steven boner or something, or like Steven Spiel. Either. I don't
2: know. Steven Spielberger has a beefy quality uh, to it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, no. No, I'm going to disagree. Food um <coughs> that, what do i know about about beef?
2: so dorothy's friend Jean is coming after her uh partner pat not not addressed as a partner because i don't <laughs> think that assumably uh, husband yeah that terminology didn't quite exist then but and they were they kind of make it sound like the two were married
3: which is a boston marriage yeah, that,
1: they is... never explicitly said marriage. They never addressed, like, Pat as, like, partner or wife or girlfriend or anything like that. Basically, they just, like, someone asks, like, Rose says, how long were Gene and Pat together? And
2: I gotta admit, I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. I thought Gene no. had a Ro- husband, but Ro- was a lesbian.
0: Rose, I knew it was Pat. Gene and Pat right away, because it's, it's Pat.
1: is the classic, like, androgynous
0: name. Yeah. So, Rose (laughs) asks about the husband, and Dorothy answers, they, Mm -hmm. neutral pronoun, were together for six years. Right. How long were they married? That should have been the clue. Uh,
2: But it it very quickly comes out that Dorothy's friend gene is a lesbian. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's actually, it's pretty funny. Okay, so we open, and Ma's watching porn, And we do, like, in the living room. And um, there's, like, a long extended bit of everyone, like, commenting on it.
2: Where do you guys watch porn?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I watch Um, it from across the room through binoculars. (laughs) Wherever
2: it's streaming is the Um, answer.
1: So, like, basically after they talk about, like, oh, Jean's coming, you know, blah, blah, blah. The other two leave the room and Dorothy says that she's worried a little bit about Pat coming to visit. And, um, not Pat, sorry, Jean. And Sophia's like, why? Because she's a lesbian. And Dorothy's like, what? Of course not. Where would you get that How idea? Did, How you did know? you know? <laughs> a mother knows?
0: Mm-hmm. A mother knows.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And really, Sophia's attitude toward this is pretty cool.
1: It's pretty chill. She's just, yeah. She makes a couple of, like, I would have to say right now that this episode was... Certainly not more if not less homophobic than many shows on the same topic made today
3: Oh, def- oh. I would agree 100 yeah.
2: percent like there were some very including sort Will of, and grace yeah there were some very sort of borderline pretty insensitive jokes
0: no but-, but only to only to illustrate the attitude of the archetype yeah
4: mm-hmm
0: Like, there
2: was a, uh, shortly after Blanche enters, there's a comment about, uh, I'm trying to remember the Bosom Buddies line.
1: Yeah, she was like, oh, I, you know, I've heard so much about you, I thought, um, I feel like we're Bosom Buddies, and then Dorothy says, not a word, Mom. Yeah. Um, So it's like, there were, it was full of humor, but I didn't think that the humor was like at the expense of gay people. You know, like I didn't think Mm. there was no humor that meant to indicate that it's gross to be gay.
2: Well, when they're talking about uh, her as a a lesbian woman, they refer to Danny Thomas, who I had to look up, and Danny Thomas was. uh,
0: He was the fairly famous. He was the father on Make Room for Daddy. Yeah, he's most famous for that and being like the instead of the Jerry Lewis Telethon, he did. Like a children's hospital thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the joke about Danny Thomas was not Lebanese, Blanche. Lesbian. Which is a joke that they also made on (laughs) fucking Glee. Like five years ago. Not knowing the difference between Lebanese and lesbian. Fuck
3: Glee. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it.
1: Well, I don't think that joke's like hateful. Like that's a joke about the words sounding similar. Okay, sure. But the
3: whole thing (laughs) was about... Well, not about Danny Thomas. There's
4: There's that meme where it's like... Sister says, I'm a lesbian. The brother says, I thought you were American. It's like
0: the oldest joke in the world. So the humor was about America's not that old. Well, (laughs) not not America, but like, I thought you were this.
4: You said the oldest
0: joke in the world. It probably is the oldest joke in the
4: the world. The punchline (laughs) being American. America? Yeah. The punchline isn't the important
0: part, it's the lesbian part. But you're talking about the humor not being homophobic or...
4: At the expense of... Yeah.
0: hmm The humor was about the awkwardness. Yeah. The awkwardness was a character.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. So, like, everyone in the... In terms of content, everyone in the show was portrayed to be, like, progressive and accepting. Like, immediately. Everyone was, like... So, if, like, they asked... You know, Dorothy at one point says to Sophia... What would you do if one of your children was gay? And there is a whole funny bit, but then she's like, "You know what? I would love them just the same and want happiness." Yeah,
2: that's the the bedroom scene because the living arrangements are a little bit weird with somebody visiting, so they have to have uh, Ma and Dorothy pair up again uh, as as bedmates for the night. I
0: don't remember the wording exactly, but Sophia says that she would rather live with someone who was gay (laughs) than than live with with the the cat. cat Yeah, as long as, yeah. as long as the gay person doesn't, doesn't shed, shed. Yeah, Unless lesbian shed then... Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, some people like cats more than dogs. Some people, <laughs> some people like cats more than dogs. I'd rather live with a lesbian than a cat, <laughs> unless the lesbian sheds.
1: <laughs> and that yeah. was meant to say, like, that was her like old Sicilian woman reaction, because that that started off with like, if she prefers like girls to boys, you know, whatever. Some people like that cats more affect, than dogs. That doesn't dogs. affect me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's like I think. For the time period and for the characters they were portraying, it was super progressive because we have to remember that this is during the AIDS crisis, yeah. that this is happening. This the is when, like, blue. Ryan White can't go to school and parents of children with AIDS are having their houses burned down and it's the gay plague. And they're having a show where everybody says, oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no big deal. It's not a big deal. She's a
2: really lovely person. I mean, person. Blanche's biggest hang-up is, and we'll get to the, the plot point. I was going to blow that one, but I... We- just should we should we wait for that? Or? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, well, one thing I think we're really missing here in this conversation. I know you, Paige, identify as non-binary.
1: No, um, I don't. I um I identify as a cis woman, but I am bisexual.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry for getting that. No, that's okay. Incorrect, but <laughs> I, I I do feel like we are missing that perspective in this conversation, mm-hmm. and so I just want to throw that disclaimer out for listeners that we are talking about this is, um people that don't aren't, have aren't any
1: lesbians specifically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that like l- being a lesbian has always been sexy <laughs> somehow. Yeah, it's been less like I wh- I don't, don't want to say it's been more socially acceptable because it hasn't. It's been less upsetting to people. Yeah. Lesbianism is less shocking oh. to people Be- because than in gay pa- men. In,
0: because in patriarchy, Mhm. Lesbians are less threatening yes, than exactly. than male homosexuals. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's not to like discount any of the like oppression or like horrible things that gay like queer women and lesbians specifically face, but it is just to say it was it, I, I think it there have been more tasteful mainstream portrayals of lesbians for longer than there have been for gay men because people lesbians found lesbians less threatening. less threatening than gay men.
2: So Rose and Dorothy's friend Jean hit it off, and over ironically, uh, their upbringing as dairy farm girls, mm-hmm. and so they go out and catch some some movies,
1: some tear jerkers. Yeah, a
2: couple tear jerkers. Uh, I thought I wrote it down, but was I guess I didn't.
1: Love story. Terms was one of in
0: them, in Terms of You yeah. know what? You are talking about recycled plots. Yeah. Ellen and Laura Dern. Ellen, pre the character coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure everybody that knew Ellen DeGeneres socially had known she was gay for years, and it was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. just not a thing, but, you know, Hollywood. Um, Laura Dern was an out lesbian mm-hmm. and thought that the connection that Ellen and her were having was a romantic thing like the characters in this story. Mm. And just, I just, it didn't occur to me until right now, like, you know, talking about recycling plots, glee, mm-hmm. recycling jokes.
1: I actually think that the, this, this main element of the plot, this main conflict is actually quite touching because you know what happens is they, they go to these movies, right? And then Jean asks to speak to Dorothy privately. She tells her, I need to leave because I haven't met someone as good and as decent as Rose since Pat died and I'm afraid that I'm falling in love with her. So I need to leave. I actually found that very touching that she's like that she sees something like very special in Rose that reminds her of her partner who's passed on and that like she finds in some way like like emotionally healing in her connection with Rose. But I she, thought that was she's touching. She's also
4: worried that she won't be accepted by her. Yeah, she's mm. like concerned
1: I think mm. I think that, her that's cons- why she wants
4: to leave But there's
0: also like the indignity of mm. Rose being awkward about it, mm-hmm. not her dignity. But putting Rose in this situation where, mm-hmm. like, if she felt bad about it or weird about it, it's because mm-hmm. I entered this into the conversation. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think her wanting to leave is, is more about her sense of empathy for the feelings of others than it is about yeah. her feelings.
1: I think it is, too, that she, she's fully aware that Rose is straight and she doesn't want to, like, put that on Rose to try and deal with. Um, I, that's the impression that I got.
2: And I forget what talks her out of leaving here. They're
1: they don't hmm. really show it on screen. I think Dorothy, like I, I think we're to assume that off screen Dorothy's like everything's fine. Let's just like relax, just stay hmm. another day. No, you know?
0: no, Rose tells her. No, Rose tells well, her she's cool with it. It's like just we're fast well, forward. we're fast a yeah. different time. yeah, Rose, Rose, to Rose to does come in. Something well, happens There's though to trigger, body
2: trigger body this, and, catches, and I forget what it was. Yeah.
1: They don't show us, because all we see is her telling Dorothy, I need to leave, and Dorothy being like, everything's going to be fine, and then they're all sitting in the living room, like, playing cards. Well, but
2: wasn't... So, wasn't this the scene uh, where Ma and Blanche walk out of the room very slowly, so that Dorothy... No. Uh,
1: no that's at the end. So, here, here we're in the middle. They come back from... No, it is where they walk out very it is, slowly. It is. It
2: is, because... Then they the the Dorothy eventually exits so that Rose and Jean can have a conversation yeah, together. We're in the kitchen, and, and Rose and, and Jean, Jean never touch on that. They just
0: find more commonalities. Wait, wait
1: no. no, that's no. no. It's still at the end. It's that's that's all at the end. That's all at the end of the, the
0: episode. The okay. the the second act is where they're playing gin rummy till two in the and, morning, and yeah, and then uh, yeah, they fall asleep on the couch.
1: Yeah, so basically what happens is Blanche thinks that Jean is yeah, seeing a married She man. knows something
2: isn't right. Yeah. She's and like, something's not right about this. That's
1: why Blanche leaves the kitchen at that point yeah. and says, your secret's safe with me. Jean says, Dorothy, I'm in love with Rose. I have to leave. We don't see how hmm. Dorothy convinces her to stay, but we can assume that she does somehow. Because then we see all the girls in the living room playing cards, having a nice time. And then everybody goes to bed and... Sophia is going to get sent to sleep in her own bed that night because she is sick because she went out in the rain to buy, to rent more porn.
2: Seven, seven (laughs) brides, seven brothers, which
0: she was disappointed to find out was a,
1: was uh, a musical, not a
0: porn. Why there's a key plot point is they bought a VCR. Yeah. 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 A 1986 was about the time when they were like, they were affordable.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: They Mm -hmm. weren't $300, they were $200
1: that's how we end up with the situation that Jean is not going to sleep in Sophia's room because Sophia's there mm. um, and she's supposed to go sleep in, um... oh, but in between, sorry, in between her saying I'm in love with Rose and the scene where they're playing Jen Rami is the scene where Sophia and Dorothy are in bed and Dorothy asks Sophia.
2: Yeah, so we, we probably glossed over this a little bit but they're up till two in the morning and as they're making arrangements to go to sleep, Rose is, hey, no, why don't you come sleep in my room because, mm-hmm. you know, it's... It, it, Instead of waking up so Yeah. Instead
1: of waking... Well, what I was trying to say is that we skipped over the scene where, basically, where Dorothy asks Sophia how she would feel if one of her kids were gay. Sophia says she would be fine. Yeah. And then Blanche comes in and learns that Jean is gay and in love with Rose. Yeah. Um, and so Blanche, that's when she makes a comment about Danny Thomas, she doesn't know the difference between Lebanese and lesbian she's like oh well that's fine, whatever like you know it's whatever she wants to do and then like oh she's in love with Rose and Blanche is offended that Jean would be attracted to Rose over her so that's in between Jean saying that she's in love with Rose and the scene where Jen Rummy is she
0: was actually repulsed by the idea that she was a lesbian and how she came to terms with it was being offended that Jean found Rose was attracted uh, to her. Uh, no, I did not
2: didn't think take it that, Blanche like that. That, that Blanche was repulsed. I think Blanche was genuinely disappointed that Blanche was not the object of but this affection. At first affection. she was
4: surprised that she was lesbian. I think she was surprised. And then, wait, you know, she, she
0: doesn't knows, want me. She made a horrified face. That's when two women... Mm. And then Dorothy goes, Yes, we all know how this happens.
1: Yeah, we all know what it means. But I didn't think that she was repulsed she so repu- much as was that
4: she was shocked, but not disgusted. Okay, repulsed, repulsed is too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, repulsed is like, That's disgusting. Yeah. It was like, she was like, She was
2: jealous. She, went, what? And she was like, she was
3: like and then, I think there's there a. There may have been an element. There,
1: that. she I think said, I read that in her face. Yeah. She the, was the, like, She seemed surprised and confused, yeah. and she was like, why doesn't she like mm. men? And there, she's like, I feel like men have so much more to offer. And I think that that section was the most homophobic of anything. Yeah. But I didn't think it was It was a hateful type of homophobic. I thought it was like an ignorant type of homophobic that I thought was true to Blanche's character. Like they a draw Southern girl who didn't know any gay people. You know?
2: Yeah. But they also draw it back with the uh, third grade election
3: joke. Yeah, the, that was The third was funny. grade election bit.
1: Yeah, vote for me and I'll show you my wee-wee. And he won in a landslide. Yeah.
3: I think, like, no, but I think that, like, underwriting or, like, you know, kind of undergirding, like, everyone's reactions to jeans. I think you're right, Dan. It, um, was quickly is, br- it, was,
0: it was shock. It wasn't horror, but it was definitely I, sh- it's shock. It not even horror.
3: I think there's, like, initially, I think it's something Because that's she like, gasps. Yeah, yeah. It's something that, like, it just exists, like, in all, you know, kind of, like, straight people, you know. And, and it's not something that's, like... Biological, but there's this cultural uh, not um, understanding. It, uh, just you know, kind of yeah, like re- it's like more like the revulsion difference. or like horror. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I that's think a reaction. I think that was there. And if, I'm sorry, I wasn't upsetting you.
1: If we examine, <laughs> if we, I think that the reactions of these characters of finding out that someone is a lesbian exhibit far less like horror, shock, revulsion, then reactions portrayed in modern media, contemporary media, to discovering that characters are gay, and if examined in the context of 1986, were ver- they virtually expressed no shock in the context of that time period and were vir- basically immediately on yeah. board with it in the context of 1987. The show is easily see. a
2: decade ahead of its time. yeah, easily absolutely. if not two.
1: There was there had been no will and Grace, no mm. Ellen show. Like, nothing, nothing like that yeah. it existed at this time. There wasn't, there'd been no Brokeback Mountain, you know, yeah. like nothing There were like still, this... like,
0: closeted name actors, A list actors, yeah. were closeted before, to keep their career
4: going. Was this before uh, Boys Don't Cry? Yes.
3: Yes,
1: yes. like a, like a decade before.
4: kind of remember when that at came least. out. Um, yeah.
3: I mean, I think, though, that, like, you do see it in, like, some of the, the nonverbal and paraverbal cues, especially from, like, Rose, Rose like, does a straight. Lu- she, Rose um, does Lucille Ball. Yeah. And, and the Rose,
2: to me, the most homophobic reaction of the whole episode is one that we'll talk about coming up, which is when after staying up till 2 in the morning, Gene and Rose are getting ready to lay down for the night, and Gene feels like it's the right moment to approach Rose and share her feelings. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't come out and say, uh, I'm in love with you, or. She
0: she She comes. She to says, do, she soft I cells. like you a lot. Rose is like I think half you're asleep. Very,
1: Rose is half asleep. She says, I like you a lot. Rose says, I like you a lot. She says, I think you're very special. I think you're special, too. I'm very fond of you. I'm very fond of you, too. And then Rose realized was, what she's trying to say. Her eyes pop open. Her eyes open. fly open, and she makes snoring noises. And so Jean just like leaves her be and goes and sleeps on the couch. But the thing is, I think they would have portrayed that the same way if it were a male character that Rose saw as non-sexual in that interaction,
2: that's fair. I mean, I I, I could see that from Rose especially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That she I didn't think there might have been like a a level of like oh god like this is a this is a gay moment like to it. But I think mostly she was just like no I don't feel this way I don't know how to deal with this moment yeah, I'm it? gonna pretend to be asleep. It yeah, wasn't like fair.
4: fear. It was just like. Being uncomfortable. Yeah. Surprise. Just... Surprise.
3: Surprise. I think it's
2: okay I don't know. to say fear. Her, her look was one of fear. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think we can say that. I don't think that means it's homophobic writing. I think it's like realistic writing. I think it's more. You know, was it wasn't like it's, fear it's, that she was going to Oh, and I didn't say. Like I wasn't like saying no, how no, to deal no, no. with yeah. that
4: awkward situation. Yeah. Like I having, wonder. Having to turn her down or whatever.
0: I wonder what the reaction was to this. You mean yeah. at the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like
2: was this one actually aired? Maybe maybe this is worth. Oh yes, it was aired. Uh, It's probably worth uh, pulling up some of the. I've got a books.
0: This is is mentioned in the book that I have over here that I didn't read the Mm -hmm. small chapter on. I wonder if they didn't air this episode in some markets. You think so?
1: It like that. I know of time. Like for example, like so. Like uh, Degrassi: The Next Generation. (laughs) Uh, in the Canadian market they aired an episode where Manny gets an abortion but even though it aired concurrently in the United States they did not air that episode in the American market. There are there have been other times that I'm aware of that controversial episodes didn't air in markets where it would be more controversial.
0: The re- I think there were first run Ellen episodes that didn't run either. Really?
4: Yeah they just skipped the episodes. Like
0: like here in Des Moines. I yeah think- no
4: like they just skipped the episode played here and then like the next week they go back to their regular pub- yeah casual programming or whatever. So, I mean, we're we're
2: kind of reaching the conclusion here. Mm-hmm. So, the next morning, they wake up, and once again, Jean's getting ready to leave.
1: And she comes in after, like, so Rose is talking to, she wants to talk to Dorothy privately. And that's when Sophia and Blanche are, like, leaving the kitchen really slowly. And they look at them, and they're like, we're going, we're going, you know. And um, Rose says to Dorothy, she's like, there's something you need to know about your friend. And Dorothy's like, I I know that she's gay. And she's like, oh, does everybody know but me? Well, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, but she's in love with me. And Dorothy's like, I know that too. And Rose is like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. She says, I just don't feel that way. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And then Jean comes into the kitchen.
2: I mean, I think uh, Rose quickly figures out what she's going to do. I think she does She's, she's going to have a conversation with Jean. And yeah. so she Jean has Jane Dorothy also has to leave and it's yeah. the same it's a rehash It's of a rehash of I'm Mon, going, I'm going Mon yeah. Blanche leaving.
1: Yeah, and I also think that this scene is very touching too, because Jean begins to apologize to Rose and Rose says, you were only saying what you were feeling.
0: If I were a different person, mm-hmm. I would be really flattered by this.
1: Yeah, I, she was like, I don't understand this sort of thing, but if I did, I would be flattered and proud. She says, and then Jean says something again about leaving. She's like, "Well, I really don't think that you have to leave, and they, unless you think that our friendship alone isn't, isn't enough. enough." And and Jean says, "Well, of course it's enough." And they embrace,
0: and, and then everyone walks in. And, and then everyone was Hibbik.
1: secretly listening. Yeah.
0: The yeah. well,
4: Ma's out in the living
1: room. Yeah, she's listening at the door because she's not tall enough to see through the window, which is where Dorothy and Blanche are. And
4: then fade to laughter.
2: And I could see this being a genuine friendship as long as uh, Jean is willing to set aside her uh,
4: romantic feelings. Yeah,
1: and Jean's not a man, so she can probably handle setting aside her romantic (laughs) feelings and just being friends. And because they do, they have a genuine connection, and Rose does honestly think that she is special and someone that she's fond of. Yeah. And And that's why she says, like, I would be flattered if I were, you know, if I were also gay, I would be flattered that you like me in this way and I am happy with our connection as friends and I want to be friends with you
4: in well, pretty little liars they handle the gay friend thing really well there's just a gay friend Emily mm-hmm. and it's not an issue there's not like an episode where she gets drunk and tries to bang everyone else it's just like she's gay and she's our friend and just like whatever
1: yeah and Dorothy seems to have that attitude too because Dorothy says uh Jean you come sleep with me in my room tonight and she doesn't make a joke Sophia doesn't make a joke. Blanche doesn't make a joke, even though at that point... It's the all... one time
4: where they didn't, like, make a... Yeah, that they all, joke. like,
1: they all know that she's gay at that point. Dorothy is saying, why don't you come sleep in bed with me? And nobody makes a joke, and everyone's just like, oh, it's fine. Jean and Dorothy have been friends for years, and Dorothy's straight, and so there's no problem at all with Jean coming to sleep in Dorothy's room.
2: So there you have it. That's our episode for this week. Shout out to Cat. Apologies for not learning sooner that this episode was the one that we've spoken about before. Cat's uh, a friend of the show, and
4: or knowing uh, your number or looking up on Twitter, any of
2: it. Uh, hopefully, we did a for for some straight guys uh, and, a, and a pretty cool chick. Hopefully, we did a, a decent job telling this story uh, in a way that's that's befitting of. Uh, LGBTQ rights.
4: And, and if you didn't like it, write us at Golden Guys, Iowa
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry if I like dominated a little bit. I was just like as a queer woman myself, I was really, really excited about this episode. We're and into I thought being it,
2: dominated
1: <laughs> I thought it held up, honestly. I thought it really held up as an episode and I was really excited about it.
0: Cool. It wasn't laugh out loud for me, but it was some of the writing was brilliant. I mean like mm-hmm. it was funny and poignant it was engaging enough
2: that this episode and i don't think we need to go into it now we didn't talk about sex and death tallies we didn't talk about product placement or celebrity reference and i think that's fine we
3: didn't talk nearly enough about what was really the a plot if you ask hmm. me we the porn yeah so watching um porn? and just how everyone's just like cool with that i guess um, it was hilarious no no <laughs> like... one was cool with it no one was they completely dropped it like why are you watching this Isn't ah that... god Sophia's watching porn again in the living room. Like if it was a cool, guy, you
4: know? if it was like a grandpa character watching, and everyone would be concerned and like grossed out. Since it was Ma, it's like okay, she she's a like, weird innocent lady watching a <laughs> porn.
0: Her response was, "It's not like I'm gonna go down to the senior center and try some of this." Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I mean, mean yeah.
2: if, and we did we did gloss over some of the jokes around that, like Blanche yeah. like looking at it and
0: like, "Oh, I've done that. Not <laughs> yeah. that fast, but I've done it." She's <laughs> <Yeah, I
1: was laughs> like, "It was his birthday," yeah. and I'm like,
0: <laughs> "There was." One death. The rest of it was all sex. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. death being.
2: The death of Pat. Pat. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we need to really necessarily go through what this episode is about. I think we covered it. Like, this is pretty straightforward. It. Yeah. He said straight. Yeah. I just want to say, like, this is quasi therapy for me. And, and Dan, we've had this conversation already. I just want to thank everybody for being here. Like, this really does help get me through my month. And I appreciate everybody being here and uh, watching this 30-year-old sitcom with me. Well, thank uh, you for having us, Ralph. Yeah, so uh, I guess what I'm saying is... Thank you for being a friend.
3: Oh, I'm <laughs>
1: That's kind of true, yeah. I
3: think we're probably more similar.
2: So, welcome to season number two, episode number five. This is 30.
0: Isn't it romantic? For the subplot, Sophia and her new hobby, we will call this officially episode Dirty 30.
2: (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, So, it aired November 8th, 1986. There was good writing in this. And before we get to that, we'll talk about uh, entertainment and pop culture for the period of November the 8th. So we have one week between episodes. There's not a whole lot to cover. One thing I did want to make sure to highlight, and this is because it's a subject I learned more about just recently, November 3rd the northern Mariana Islands became part of uh, the Commonwealth associated with the United States. There's some shit going on over there. There yes, is. there is. There is. So Okinawa was uh, a big U.S. military base, and more recently the U.S. has tried to move that operation to the northern Mariana Islands. You can imagine this island is not very big. I think it's probably the size of Manhattan, maybe. And, uh, you know, if you start bombing part of it, people in the other part are probably going to notice. I mean, if you start bombing the Bronx, I think people in lower Manhattan are going to
0: apparently it's a tropical paradise, like mm-hmm. black sand beaches. Yes. And then, of course, your ubiquitous ancestral burial grounds. I only know about it because of the midweek on the media.
2: Yeah, on the media has covered this recently. You also had, uh, it. yeah, you had... Yeah, you've had Chapo producer Chris... Uh, what's Chris's what's last name? What
3: is his last name?
2: If you want to learn more about that, those are probably two better sources than than we would cover it. But I thought it was interesting that it coincides with the the period that we're talking about. Yeah. That this episode aired in 1986. Interesting.
0: Meanwhile, the rest of the country is looking at the shiny thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. So we also had November sixth. Uh, you had Houston's Mike Scott won the NL Cy Young Award for the, uh, the for Major League
0: sports ball. As Dan stares me. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to figure out if that was the Oilers or the Astros. Yeah, uh, good job.
4: It was the it was well, a New York uh, Leviathans.
2: You know what? You actually got both Houston teams from that period. So I, just don't, remember what, I just don't remember isn't which it,
3: one. is not the Astros still the Houston team? Yes. Yeah. Okay, they're the baseball team.
2: Yes. So, on that note, let's get really political. November 6th, 1986, we had landmark legislation. We had the IRCA signed into law, or the Immigration Reform and Control Act. And for just over 20 years, it was the only immigration reform. I think it's interesting. It's bipartisan in nature. What One of the things I find interesting about this is this is uh, the immigration reform where your I-9s come from. So immigration reform shifted from sort of laissez-faire to a employer-based immigration system. So basically when people are talking about a path to immigration, what they're talking about is a company sponsoring somebody to come here. And that's basically the only way as a foreign-born person that you can come
3: to the also U.S. Also known as indentured
2: only, servitude. Pretty much. Yeah.
3: Okay, what are, are we wanting Blake to do movies now? Yeah, Ross wants me to do the movies. This is, I suppose, my segment. So, uh, it was a slow week for movies. Well, our first uh, debut is um, a French art house film called, uh, I'm going to try this, Concette. You say Degrees, in French. I have Degrees? I do. Deux, le matin. Uh, which grossed 1.69 million dollars. What does that translate to? Three, uh, three what's degrees of? Thirty-seven degrees, to the morning. Wait, I, don't, I don't know. If that made
0: that much money <laughs> in 1986, that almost is worth a, se- a special episode. Yeah, well, yeah, like, we look it up. That? Yeah, I mean, yeah you know, we, I mean, we should it, look that it's up. It's literally it's a it's a <laughs>
3: title that is, I mean, like is meaningless. It's just a non sequitur. There's
1: ser- I'm sure there's a way that, that this makes. Sense in French, and that like there's a way to translate it so the numbers say something logical because it
3: almost looks like it's if you can see it, it almost looks like it's like some sort of like longitudinal marking, you know, or perhaps it's like like, a colloquialism, it's only funny
0: and like risque in French, French like uh, it'd be their version of like 69 Beaver Street, yeah, which
3: yeah, that's that's funny to me, but if if I I wonder if, yeah.
0: The a thirty-seven degree angle is what you would like uh, think of as the Delta of Venus. Maybe. Okay. Uh what other movies That's do you we have?
3: Did you? <laughs> uh,
2: French Art House Sports. Sports.
3: Sports. Uh so I bet Sophia watched this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Which we need to get to the episode still. But no, so our next our next this is actually the highest quest for the week, it's called 52 Pickup. It was a thriller suspense about the card game. 52 pickups? The older kids always made me play at daycare when I was a kid called 52 Pickup. They got me every time, and I hated it. And I threw a temper tantrums when they would try and get me to play it, and then I would have to go to timeout because I was, like, screaming and crying because I didn't want to play 52 Pickup. And so that's what this movie's about. This was a great um, injustice. Yeah, it's Sounds about how... Hard. It's about how uh, I yeah, I would just have to constantly sit in the corner and daycare because all the kids tricked me into playing Diff to do pickup.
1: Should we go to the next movie?
3: Yeah, Sid and Nancy, which was a documentary about uh, how wait. Sid killed
0: Nancy, right? Sid
1: killed Nancy. It was
0: like Inglorious yeah. Bastards, but instead of Hitler, it was Nancy Reagan. Was
4: it? <laughs> wasn't <laughs> that one uh yeah. in Scotland? They're all doing junk.
3: Train Transpotting?
4: No. Not that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chanka. Chanka. They won. They won. <laughs> um, and then Tai Pan. Um, yeah.
2: Tai Tai Pan is that uh, the uh, Asian Peter Pan?
0: Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> who's that?
1: Anton Lebag.
0: No. No. no um, Salman Rushdie. Rushdie. Yeah. This is like Salman Rushdie. <laughs> I was thinking of the actual like. Only right? this is a. Uh, Sort of a yellow exploitation
3: version of <laughs> Salman Rushdie is Indian though. Yeah but, but Taipan. Pan. It would be Brown's exploitation.
4: Indian like Native American or Indian-like Indian uh, like Indian? I think he's
0: Punjabi maybe. He had yeah, some he had some He had some out to p- go way off there. But race. Taipan yeah. Taipan was a uh, Chinese retelling uh-huh. of some of Aesop's fables, but bodier. Uh-huh. And not by an Asian guy. Okay. 100. Yellow face, I guess is yellow, what you would call it. Yellow. Are being real? You're being, this is, I can't tell if it's hey, real or not. or not. I can't talk to you right now either. Because <laughs> it's
1: described as adventure and it made $4 yeah. million. Dollars, so that can be true. <laughs> awesome. there,
0: there's a, there's a, a guy with a locker next to me. He goes, I'm done. He goes, I can't tell if you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. it's
1: a classic white guy in Asia story so I looked it up. It's like, uh, it's like fucking. It's a, based on a novel.
0: The
4: two chins in Little China.
1: It's American.
0: <laughs> this is kind of like a really lame version of the game they play on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Way to, uh, to dash our hopes on the, the rocks second of Hong book Kong. in
1: Clavel's Asian Saga is what the name of the series this was in is called. It's called the Asian Saga. It's like
0: Shogun um, and it's something. Oh, King Rat. Nightman, Kitty, Red, and Shogun
4: are all the same. That's like a trilogy of like yellow exploitation. Hold on, I got a thing. You got a thing. I got a thing. I have a new segment. New segment. It's for the millennials. Video games. From okay. 1986. Yeah. So I I've, I've been thinking about this for a while. and I thought it'd be good, but it turns out there aren't good records, and a lot of games sucked back then. So only notable video game that came out of November first. 1986 was Alex Kid, the in Miracle World, which is like a rip-off of Mario Brothers. It's for the Sega Genesis and the... something else. Yeah, I yes. yeah well, I think they ported it yeah, to Sega...
2: F- just came out uh, in the, the previous
4: year. Yeah, because... Was it 85? Was I believe yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was like a rip-off of that, and you're like a kid who punches stuff and swims and all this other stuff, and it's... It was all right. Nothing else happened that week. I was hoping there'd be arcade games or some sort of record-breaking Pac-Man thing or something, but... There was nothing. Yeah, We've covered some of that on, on the program in the past, but it'd be
0: good to revisit as... And actually, the, the arcade games were waning, and I...
4: Think yeah, it was... I mean, the video game crash because they started doing home consoles, but they are making home consoles like they were arcade games which was, they made them arbitrarily hard so you'd pay more money at the arcade games. So they had like, and the controls were horrible. They, they didn't have a standard push B to jump, push A to grab thing. It was the controls and how the game ran. It, they just didn't work properly. Well, and we're entering that
2: period where I think more and more households, I remember this is right around the time that we got our first like legitimate home PC. Yeah. It wasn't like a
0: tape reader.
4: It's like a Commodore 64?
0: Yeah, I believe it it was, probably. That's it. Alright, this is the Hot 100, Amanda by Boston. God, I can't believe Boston was still active this late. No, it gets better. The Billboard 200 LP, Boston Third Stage, Week 2 of 4. This is depressing. Now, they get... Points for the top country LP was Guitar Count by Steve Earle. There is a good choice. There's like a glimmer of sunlight. Yeah, in yeah. 1986. There's some hope there, but then our hopes are dashed. Adult contemporary, Peter Sotero and Amy Grant. The mm-hmm. next time I fall, Amy Grant and Peter Sotero Really, that's earlier
2: than I thought. Amy Grant was big, but, but that was it. Makes I, sense. I don't know if she was Christian pop before or after this. I think it was after, but I'm not 100% sure. It,
0: she kind of straddled that line, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and Peter Satir is from...
1: I don't know. Chicago. Don't know.
0: Oh,
2: okay. Oh, you... I was thinking geography.
1: Oh, is Chicago actually from Chicago? Yeah. Huh, never they know.
2: Were, they were actually called the Chicago Transit Authority when they first yeah. came yeah. on the scene, yeah. but the Chicago Transit Authority did not take
0: kindly to that. Oh... <laughs> Chicago Transit Authority is a great record. Agreed. South Chicago's Ca- a
1: pretty decent band, you
0: know? South California Purples. There's a reason they got big at our popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is not that time in Chicago. <laughs> this is Peter Sotero and Annie Grant. This is like the... I, I want to
2: say this is just... Uh, this, he, is the, this is Peter Cetera just wanting some younger, younger
0: trend. Um, not much better on the hip-hop R&B. Basically, this is—it's still race records at this point. Okay, if you're a black artist, you're thrown in this bucket called hip hop R and B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, it's that's just weird to me. It does break up, I guess, later on.
1: Who is the who's the song for the hip hop though?
0: Melba Moore with Freddie Jackson, a little bit more.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm white. Yeah.
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah.
0: Apparently,
2: this wasn't for my demographic. He's white, but he has a Funkadelic shirt on. (laughs) I was going to say, I love that shirt,
0: by the way. So, yeah. Melba Moore with Freddie Jackson, a little bit more. Hot Country, Randy Travis, Digging Up Bones. It was probably good. I like Randy Travis. Dance Club, The Human League, Human. Week three of three, yeah. yeah. Mainstream Rock. Once again, A Glimmer of Sunlight. The Pretenders, Don't Get Me Wrong. Very nice. no basically, this is mostly crap. But this is what was keeping record companies alive. What... Maybe there's a reason they started to go extinct. Yeah, this is why nobody has sympathy for... You did this to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf yeah. Yeah. didn't make a nickel off yeah. that out of hell. Really? And it, record companies still do this. I didn't find exactly for this month. But we're kind of toward the end of the year. So, just to make myself feel better, I looked at what was out in 1986, trying to remember what I was listening to.
1: But wait, what was the mainstream rock? Ooh, the Pretenders. Oh, yeah, you said that already, sorry.
0: 1986, we have Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye, The Cramps, A Date with Elvis, Rage Raging Full On, Big Black, Atomizer. These are all records you should probably... Find on iTunes or Pandora and listen to them right after you get out of this podcast. Listen to all of these.
4: I got a big black t-shirt I got from my parents. It's uh, it's big black songs about fucking. It's an album and there's a vaguely, I don't know, phallic shaped symbol. It kind of looks like a an arrow with balls attached to it going through a hole I believe no,
0: it's, like chalk graffiti
4: yeah, it's like chalk graffiti yeah it's like really really shittily screen printed black faded shirt because it's original from
0: whatever it was Yeah, and your brother's fucked up yeah your, yeah your folks are fucked up your folks got issues uh, this is a Davis family classic Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper frenzy you yeah must, you must find this and listen to it okay
4: it's it on YouTube, it's on Pandora, it's everywhere.
0: It's like, it is, it is Roots Rock psychobilly. Okay. Look up. Where that. the hell's my money? You need to look up where the hell's my money. money. It's a talking blues like uh, George Thurgood's. Yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah. Um, more stuff than I can actually remember. The Smiths, The Queen is Dead. Yeah. Love and Rockets Express. Yes. Stutter by The James. Yes. The Damned, Anything. And Ben Sinister by the Fall.
1: So what song are we gonna play? Yeah, let's get to it.
0: I have a coin we can flip.
1: Are we gonna pick from the chart still, or like?
0: Somebody throw out ideas. That's
1: like the Boston one. Okay. Would be best we, we
0: could do Peter Cetera and Amy Grant. Just well, a few it's not.
1: Let's do the, bo- like, of the choices we have, probably the Boston. Let's do Amanda
0: election. by Boston so people will understand why.
1: And just to be clear, Boston also was a good bandit one. Boston and Chicago were both good bands in the 70s. It's just that it's well past their prime in 1986.
0: If I tell you today NME, Youth Suicide. Okay,
1: we did not do that. That's is, a great cover. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it,
0: compared to everything else that was like this particular year, they mm-hmm. look like the normal magazine covers. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a weird uh, black and white silhouette. Yeah. Youth Suicide with what looks like black blood running down a wall.
3: I think it's a face. Is it is it? a face. Yeah, it's a yeah. face. It is a face. So it's like if like a face was laying
1: down. down. Yeah, also blood running down
0: a wall. See it.
3: Uh-huh. I see it now. Uh, so what's uh,
1: it say on the bottom?
0: Lucy O'Brien on the tragic rise in self-destruction. Wow. The Felt, Pop Goes the Weirdo, Paul Rutherford, Frankie's Wild Years, Curtis Blow, The Mission, Lone Justice, Radar and a Bikini.
1: It's wild to me like how Enemy is clearly even compared to like Spins the alternative magazine, but it's still just like Oh, we're just, we're a music magazine, like, but, like, Iggy Pop's on the cover. Where, and, like, NME seems to, like, way out to the side, like, serious reporting, (laughs) stuff that, like, even to this day I've never heard of was being talked about on there. Whereas, like, for me growing up, like, NME was the mainstream music magazine for people like me. Like, it wasn't, like, the mainstream music magazine, but, like, if you liked the music I listened to, the magazine that you could get it in was NME, you know? And so...
3: Did anyone ever read Punk Planet? not familiar. What's that? I nope. read my magazine. Mm. Punk Planet was like a, uh, like a zine, but it was glossy. It was like an actual magazine, pretty much, but it was out of Chicago. Um, in like the, uh, you know, like the late 90s through like the mid aughts, early, late aughts.
2: Talking with gummy worms in your mouth, by mm. the way, is a good uh, mm. listening experience.
3: I can't stop eating these things, but this reminds me of like, because I read like Punk Planet, this reminds me of that, you know, because they had like, reviews of like punk albums and stuff and just like you know um like arty music yeah. you know profiles and whatnot
0: alternative music yeah, the more alternative
3: music. yeah but then also the like
0: band would open for Blake
3: <laughs> well no nah, i mean like they had like people like writers who would like go to like syria and like report on you know like u.s you know like shelling like artillery like shelling like syrian border towns and stuff it was like yeah no like i'm just here like on the Iraqi border, and like they would run articles like that, you know? Um, yeah, and so that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, yeah, that's my story. <laughs>